0: This is a message that I wanted to preach yesterday, uh, last, last Sunday. Since I left, they must have nailed that thing in. <laughs> this, is a, uh, this is a message that I wanted to do, but God said no, evidently. I was up, ready to go. God said No. And so thank you for praying for me on that. He delivered me, and here I am. I want you to take your Bibles to Second Peter chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Here at the Gospel, from the very inception of this group of people, we preach the Bible, the whole Bible, nothing but the Bible, so help us God. We preach the book, the blood, and the blessed hope. We preach the Word of God as it is for people as they are. Uh, you are gonna. You may not like everything you hear, but you're going to have a hard time arguing with it because you're going to have to argue with God about it. I've had people come to my office and say, I didn't like what you preached on Sunday. I said, man, I didn't like it either. I mean, some of the Bible rubs me wrong, you know what I'm saying? Some of the Bible rubs, rubs me or like rubbing the calf the wrong way. I mean, it's sometimes that I don't like what I see, but I believe what I see is from God. And I'm submitting to what I see because I believe it's from God. And I'm not, I'm not a blind uh, person. I mean, intellectually, I look around. I'm looking around at what it is historically. Uh, I, be, I believe our brother, Dr. Strange, uh, preached a little bit this morning, taught a little bit this morning, a very good lesson, by the way, on apologetics uh, in our class, Sunday school class. I appreciate him coming and doing that. Now they're messing with this while I'm talking, so... I hope eventually they come down with something that works. Because I'm going to start preaching here pretty soon. This is a new mic and new box. We've tried it out during the week, but it's not the same when you people come in. It changes acoustics of the room when you come in so these boys are back there struggling a little bit. I don't want to fold back on, though it does sound like the foldbacks are on. They're not on, okay. Wow. 2 Peter 2 4, and Jude, next to the last book of the Bible, we'll be able to find that. Jude chapter 1, verse 6. For if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell and delivered them in the chains of darkness to be reserved under judgment. That's all I'm going to read. For anybody out there that ever tells you they're going to hell, the party. You'll not be able to see your hand in front of your face in hell. Have you ever been to Mammoth Cave? How many have ever been to Mammoth Cave in here? God bless you. If you haven't gone to Mammoth Cave, it's a great one place to go to. 55 degrees all year long. All year long, 55 degrees. I believe I may be wrong on this. It's been a while. Is it a mile down underground? A mile underground? A half a mile underground? It's a long way underground. You go all the way down to where there's an underground river, and you actually can hear the river run. You all remember that? You hear the river run? And they have benches there, and you all sit out in this room. It's 55 degrees. Remember to take your coat. Except for you people from Minnesota. <laughs> then you'll be sweating. Because it never gets 55 in Minnesota. But anyway, um, the um, you get down there in that room, and the old guide, you know, uh, he's got a Bic lighter. And he said, "This is the only light I have is this Bic lighter. And we laughed at that when we first went in the cave. You know, He said, the only light, only light I'm carrying with me is my Bic lighter. And he lit it and we couldn't even see it. And he, I thought, that's crazy. But hey, I'm crazy, let's go. So we went down one mile, I believe it was, all the way down to the bottom of this thing, here the river, running. He said, I'm going to turn the lights out. I want you all to sit down. Nobody move around now once I turn the lights out. He turned the lights out absolute, total darkness. I've never been in darkness. I thought I'd been in darkness in the woods, but I had not been. There's ambient light. But When I was sitting there, I put my hand in front of my face like this, and I, I did not know my hand was there. You couldn't, there was absolutely no light you cannot see. You could not move around. It was the kind of light that they had in Egypt for three days, where they didn't move out of their place because if you moved out of your place you wouldn't know where you were and you're not going to be able to see that's hell that's part of hell there'll be no partying there'll be no friendships there'll be no exchanges of of highs and shaking hands there'll be no there'll be no group of people there that are celebrating because there'll be no happiness in hell Jude chapter 1 verse 6 says, The angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, under the judgment of the great day. Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth And his angels were cast out with him. Have you ever wondered why? I got six questions I want to ask. Have you ever wondered why? Why has God allowed this whole drama of mankind and angels to play its way out? Why didn't he just end the whole thing when the devil sinned? Because he made the devil, Lucifer, ultimately his name. I'm going to show you that. And he was beautiful, most beautiful thing God probably ever made. Pure. He was probably the author of music, seems to be. And yet he fell. He betrayed God. Why didn't he just end the angels after they fell? Because angels followed him. We know at least a third of the angels followed Satan. We know a third, a third of the angels. Created perfect, no sin nature. No environment to sin. Right? No environment to sin. No sin nature, no environment to sin, far as we know. They sinned, fell against God, betrayed God. Uh, Why allow these angels and Satan free or unlimited, or or maybe maybe I say limited access to heaven and earth? We see in Job chapter 1, There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And answered the Lord, and said, From going to and fro the earth, and from walking up and down in it. So we know that Satan has access to heaven, the throne room of God, actually, and earth. And he walks around earth. Why allow them access to Adam and Eve? Okay, that Saint Lucifer fell, the angels fell, a third of the angels fell, but then he made man put him in the garden and had no sinful nature either. Uh, but he allowed Lucifer and his horde, as it were, access to Adam and Eve. Something's going on, so he allowed access to that. Why did he do that? Why allow Satan? My fifth question is, why allow Satan to accuse you and me, called the brethren, day and night? Let me read you the verse, Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. And I heard a voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. That's a big deal. You know, when you stumble and fall, Satan's there, I mean the idea being the saints there going, I knew Nick would do that. See, so you said Nick was a faithful Nick's not that. You know, when when God said to, to, if you, you noticed Job, man, he's a faithful man. I'm, and he says, Oh, really? You think Job's faithful? If you take everything away from him that you've blessed him with, you've hedged him about with blessings. You take all them blessings away, he'll curse you to your face. Job didn't do it. He said, well, well, that's just because we didn't get hard enough on him. If you let me have his health and take his health away from him, he'll curse you to your face. Because he said, there's a statement saying, said, skin for skin, a man will give all he has for his, for his health and anybody. God says, go ahead, but don't kill him. What's that all tell us, of course, is nothing happens to you without God's permission. As a born-again believer, that should give you some real, real security and should give you some peace this morning. Nothing can touch you without permission. So this melanoma I have in my ear is a gift from God. Basically, God allowed this to happen, and whatever happens from here is a gift from God. And I have a good attitude about it because it's from God, and I, I can laugh about it. And I can, uh, I can forego being grouchy. Don't ask my wife that. The sixth question is, why didn't God just shut this whole thing down when it started going bad? He could have. He could have shut it all down. Did plan B. Why God doesn't have a plan B? Because he knows the beginning and the ending front and back. There's no plan B. There's a bigger picture that God's working on here. There's something that God is accomplishing by allowing the devil free access to heaven and earth, uh, by allowing the angels or demons or whatever you want to call them, free movement among us, by allowing Adam and Eve to be ex- exposed to temptation in the garden. I believe there is a testing process being accomplished through the drama that has been now playing out some 6,000 years. I agree with McMurtry on at the age of the earth everything, evidence seems to point to about 6,000 years. God is seeing who is going to be loyal to him, who are going to be faithful to him by their own choice under a real situation with real freedom of choice. Not as a Calvinist claim. I could never be a Calvinist. Never, never, never. I've looked at it, studied it, looked at it hard. Could never be a Calvinist. It just contradicts the Bible too many places. If you're a Calvinist here today, I don't mean to offend you, but if you are offended, it's not my fault, it's yours. Second Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect, The word perfect is strongly leans toward being loyal, which makes sense. The word perfect means complete. I could say my wife has been a perfect wife. Is she here this morning? No. Every time I say something good, she's in the nursery. But she's been a perfect wife. She's been absolutely loyal. She's been absolutely dedicated to her husband. I mean that. I mean that. She has just been total in her desire to make me successful. Um, now she hasn't be- always been nice. You know I didn't say that. Because she has not always been nice. She's been really a, a grouchy old thing sometimes. Tough to work with. And uh, don't, don't let me get on that list. But in the big picture, she's been perfect, perfect, the perfect woman for me. And I resent the fact that you say when she goes to heaven, she's going to get a big reward for that, because I don't, see it that, I don't see it that way. I think she's blessed by having me as her husband. I don't know where you guys are coming from on that, but nevertheless, the eyes of the Lord running to and fro through all the earth looking for people that are loyal, makes sense? With the disloyalty of the devil? With the disloyalty of a third of the angels? With the disloyalty of Adam and Eve? You would think God would maybe have a little knee-jerk reaction to people betraying him. When he gives them everything they have, he makes them and gives them everything they have. Yeah, it would it would make me that way, I know. Because before we were made, God made the angels of heaven. That's why... He has been damaged, if I may say, and hurt. You know, sometimes we make God like he's a stone. He's stone. He has no emotions, no feeling. The Bible says God laughs, God cries. Now, we're made in his image. Now, that doesn't mean we look like God. But it means we have a volitional character like God. We have free will character. We think in some, in some aspects. We are the head of all the creation he made on earth. I know that you're going to have a hard time believing this, but we are even above dogs. And any of you who put your dog ahead of me are committing sin and need to put come forward this morning. So the Lucifer, chiefest of them all, the most beautiful, the two main passages in the Bible that really in most, 99% of the commentaries I use, of course, they're all conservative commentaries. So they would all agree that these two passages talk about what they call a double meaning. They talk about a local personality, but they really extend out to a bigger spiritual application. Isaiah chapter 14, I'm going to read these quickly, but I want you to know where they're at. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. Ezekiel 28, verse 12 through 17. Isaiah 14, starting with verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, the morning star, son of the morning? How are thou come down to the ground, which this the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Do you notice the word I? Pride. What was the sin of Satan? The Bible says the sin of Satan was pride. Pride. Ezekiel chapter twenty-eight twelve, Son of man, take up lamentation from the king of Tyrus and, and say unto him, Thou sayest the Lord God, thou sealest up the sum, the full wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. That's why we believe this to be bigger than just a local city. Every precious stone was thy covering. There was your beautiful look on it. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets, and of thy pipes, and that's musical pipes, was prepared in thee in the day which thou hast was created. Thou art anointed cherub that covereth head to head one. I have set thee, so thou hast thou wast upon the holy mountain of God, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Ezekiel 113 is cross-reference for that. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created. Now that's that's God's testimony. He didn't create junk. He created perfect. Till iniquity was found in thee. What is that? A self-will. That's the I part. I want to do something different than God wants to do. And thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Don't look in the mirror too much. You know what I see? I see a whole generation of kids looking at themselves and taking selfies. God forbid I I take pictures of myself much. I do once in a while. Keep the bugs away. But these girls especially, they're worshiping beauty. That's the sin that Satan got caught up in. He was looking at himself so much, he said, I am just gorgeous. I am woo! Don't do it. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. God was betrayed by the creature that he had made. That's what we've come to the conclusion of so far. But it does not stop with Lucifer. Many of those angels that he made also went with him, decided to betray God. Um. These angels were sinless and without sinful nature, as far as we know, when they betrayed God. Lucifer was sinless, we know that from what it says. Adam and Eve were sinless, we know that from what it says. They had no sinful nature and no inclination to sin. They all had free wills, evidently. You Calvinists, I just wanted to throw that in there, evidently they had free wills. Otherwise you're accusing God of causing them to sin or ordaining them to sin or pre-ordaining them to sin. No, They had free wills. God has been horribly betrayed by his creatures that he made perfect. How do you think this makes God feel this morning? Have you ever wondered? Have you ever meditated on that? Have you... Ever thought about how much pain God has personally suffered at this kind of betrayal? I know one thing, it hurt me to be it hurts me to be betrayed. I've been betrayed in my life. You don't live very long without getting betrayed. Everybody gets betrayed. Don't suck your thumb. Everybody gets betrayed. But if a wife betrays you or a husband betrays you, it's, it's a deep betrayal. Or a parent betrays you. somebody close to you that's supposed to love you, they betray you. It's a deep thing. Long and deep, and hard, and painful. I can't even imagine something like this. I mean, what's, every, what's everybody looking for really in marriage is a faithful mate. You're not looking for the most beautiful woman in the world. You may be looking, You know, from looking at yourself in the mirror, you know you ain't going to find out. <laughs> I look, some of these boys... I say, what kind of girl are you looking for? They describe her to me, and I say, stop. You know, you're looking for a 10. You're about a six. (laughs) Hey, don't leave on me, buddy. All the young men getting up and leaving now. Their dreams are crushed. I say, if you're an eight, marry a six, and she'll be grateful the rest of her life. (laughs) They've written a song about that. Just make sure she can cook like Aunt Jemima, man. I gotta stop. (laughs) But you want, I find people want this faithful mate. They want a faithful mate. Women, what do you really want in your husband? When he says something, you know it's true. You take it to the bank. Men, when your wife goes somewhere, you're not in the back of your mind wondering, I wonder if she's really going where she says she's going. That is no way to live. That's a horror. I'll keep you up all night. that will gut you. And if it does that to us, what do you think that did to God when he made Lucifer? When he made the angels? And then when he made Adam and Eve? And they betrayed him. With full knowledge, they turned and betrayed him. Infidelity is what they call it. But even the Marine Corps says, Semper Fi. The leading characteristic of a Marine is he's faithful to death. He'll charge into the bullets. Why? Because he's a Marine. He's willing to represent himself unto death for his country. So how can God trust that his creatures will not betray him? Question. I pose to you. According to 1 Corinthians, First Chronicles, excuse me, 16 verse 9, his eyes are going up and down and to and fro the whole earth looking for real, honest loyalty. The answer to why God allows this drama of mankind and angels and Satan to play out is I believe this whole thing is a test to find creatures that of their own choice choose him and under other options, stay with him. Oh, yeah. That's you and me. That's right now. Why does God allow Satan to come by and tempt you off? To see if you're real. If you're real, you'll stick with it. And if you fall, it'll be temporary. The Bible said the righteous falleth seven times and riseth up again. If you fall, you'll be grieved in your spirit about it and you'll rise up and repent and come back to God. And nobody, no thing, no created being is going to drive you away from God. You don't have to go to church. You get to go to church. You don't have to give. You get to give. You don't have to serve. You get to serve. God's looking for people like that. I hope he's looking for you. The only way God can evidently be sure is to allow a real test with real choices and real consequences to play out among, among the people. So according to our text, and I'm going back, that was introduction. Don't be scared. According to our text, and I want to go back to these text verses because they created some questions that need to be answered. There were some high standing angels that left their position and violated some serious limits. Genesis chapter 6, verse 4, is, believe, I believe, personally, and this is just my personal belief. If you don't agree with me, perfectly fine. You have a right to be wrong. But you can disagree on this because this is uh, interpretation. Genesis 6 4 said there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God, which is a reference, by the way, to angels in some places, came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and same mighty men were of old, men of her now. All I know is something happened there, and it was real bad. And it created some unusual offspring that was not normal for the earth. It was not normal for what God made. And these unusual offspring were bigger, bigger, badder, better, than the regular guy. Uh, Was Goliath one of those? The Anakim, as the Bible says, were they one of them? Were they they some of the offspring of this unholy union? I don't know. But I do know that according to Jude, chapter 1, verse 6, it says, angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation. The word habitation means their place, their assigned place function and did they cross over an unholy a holy limit and became unholy unioned with angel and people together normally things cannot reproduce except after their kind so that's an argument against this by the way I don't know but I can tell you these angels did something that was so heinous so serious of a betrayal what' you Can I put it this way? It wasn't your normal betrayal. It was even with God. Whoa, way up there on betrayal, number 10. And he said, Satan has, let me ask you a question. Has Satan betrayed God? Yes. Does he stand against everything God stands for? Yes. Is he free today? Yes. Well, he didn't do what these angels did. He didn't do what they did. They did something so heinous, so wild that God had to restrain them, had to restrict their movement. And, and He, not only did He restrain them in a, in a place, but He put them in a place of dark, total darkness where they couldn't do any damage. They couldn't really communicate with anybody. They were in chains. They were beyond, it was against their will. They were there with against their will. They're there now. Against their will, waiting for the judgment. They don't get to move around like Satan does and then be judged later. We know where he's going to get judged, right? After a thousand-year period is where he's going to get judged. Revelation chapter 20 is going to be cast in the lake of fire, where the false beast where the false prophet is and the beast star will be at that time. But what was what was hell made for? Who was hell made for? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 25, I believe it is, verse 41. Let me read it. Then the day unto the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire. He's talking to people there at the end of the tribulation period. But he said this, this place called, this everlasting fire place. he's talking about is prepared for the devil and his angels. It doesn't ever refer to hell being prepared for people. It was prepared for the devil, Lucifer, and all those who followed him. Why? To contain them. Because disloyalty is more contagious than COVID. Disloyalty must be so contagious, so vicious, so dividing, so destructive, that God himself has realized that it must be encapsulated in a place where it cannot spread or do any harm. Because at the end of a thousand years of Jesus ruling and reigning on this earth, which is coming up, called the millennial period, things being good man I mean things being good economy being good health when a person dies at 100 they'll be considered a child the health is good the earth in fact has changed somewhere the viciousness of the animals is taken away and they don't even kill each other like they, they do now and so things are going to be more gentle more peaceful Christ is going to be ruling the Bible said, righteous is going to rule the earth like the waters cover the sea it's everybody you will not have to go to your neighbor and say no the Lord the Bible says everybody will know me from the greatest of them to the smallest of them God, Christ is Going to be knowing. Woo! Satan's a- allowed to be released at the end of that. Why? The same test is going on. These, these thousand year people that were born in that period haven't been tested. haven't been tested with choices that everybody else has been tested with, so he releases Satan. Satan is such a good deceiver, and, and disloyalty is so contagious. That the Bible says he goes out among the nations and raises up a number of people, a group of people so large or without number, millions of people follow, saying after being under a perfect government. People say, if we had a perfect government, everything would be good. No, it wouldn't, because you still have the old man, you still have the old nature, you still have the criminals. Everything was still, it's still a perfect government, even under Jesus. If Satan's released in it, he tells people, you know, he's oppressing you. Everybody ought to get a a stimulus check. He's making you work for what you get. Now, what kind of a person would do that? And he's going to cause dissatisfaction. And so, so all I can tell you is that it's contagious. It's dangerous. And God dealt with it. Angels sin, Lucifer's sin, Adam and Eve's sin. Their sin was disobedience and disloyalty. Their sin required expulsion and damnation in hell, except these, at least these angels did. This isolation and containment had to happen. By the way, there's no plan of salvation for the angels that we know of at all. No there's no hope. There's no hope for their conversion. They have no Christ died for men. Christ died for the seed of Adam. We know that for sure. First Corinthians 15, like he's called the last Adam. It wasn't for angels. He didn't die for angels. He died for people. The angels sinned maybe because they had so much privilege, they didn't they're not getting Potential of redemption. So we see in conclusion that God, this whole thing has been playing its way out, is a filtration system to find those of the billions of people and maybe billions of angels who are loyal to God, loyal to truth. Because who is God? He's truth. Do you love truth this morning? You love truth? Or do you love and make a lie? You know, I've known people that would rather walk two miles and tell a lie than stand still and tell the truth. I'm telling you. I got some relatives that way. Well, I hope they're not watching this. Maybe they're going to get right. You know who you are. Uh, I mean, I got one cousin. I won't mention his name. I got a lot of cousins. I got one cousin, and when he, we were small together, he would lie. Eight-year-old kids and 10-year-old kids. Well, he never got, he got worse as he got older. Eventually, he lied to place, he got to play, place, he spent, you know, 10, 12 years in jail, prison. I said, I said to him, why don't you just tell the truth, son? Why? Do, why? Because he'd get in trouble. He was getting expelled. He was getting whippings. He was getting all kinds of stuff. as things was going out because he just lied. He just liked to lie. He just make. I've known people that just made stuff up. I mean, I've been out to Montana and and I I shot the biggest elk that ever was recorded in history. That's a lie, but that's the kind of stuff he'd come up with. He'd say, man. You say you say I've been to Bismarck and caught some uh, 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 walleye on the Missouri River. Oh, he said I've been to I've been to Missouri River. I took a guide out there one day. I caught the world record walleye. I had an uncle who wrote an article in the Elkhart Truth newspaper and said he had been over. He'd been dropped 82nd Airborne, dropped behind enemy lines, World War II, and it was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal. Uh, uh, article. None of it was true. <laughs> Somebody sent a copy to my mom and dad, which were alive still. And my mother looked at that and said, "Ori, look at this. You know, George. Nevertheless, you. I mean." I am relying on you people to keep a secret. <laughs> he never left the United States. He had flat feet. And, they, and when you have flat feet, they wouldn't let you be an airborne. And so he, he, got, he got booted out of airborne and, and never w- jumped out of a plane because he had flat feet. She said, look at the article. Well, he was honored by the VFW. He was honored by the local people there. Till my mom called the paper and said, everything you've printed is a lie. Do you ever check your stories out? Oh, they were embarrassed, you know. Why is there people lie like that? Well, I believe there's angels like that. And I believe that there's many people like that. But when it all settles its way down and shakes its way out, the only people going to be left are going to be those who are truthful and honest and upright and love truth and want truth and have been born by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is it I go door to door and some people don't want to hear anything about Jesus? And other people do. What's the difference between those two? Isn't it that the one somehow Has an attraction to truth? I don't know. I hope you are part or become part of the people of God. Now, we're all sinners, unable to save ourselves by any good work. Amen? We need the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and sin. You'll never get there by works. That's a futile not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, saved us by the washing and regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. To him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted him for righteousness. If you're ever going to go to heaven, it's because Jesus forgave you and imputed his righteousness to you. It won't be because you were better than the average, or <laughs> it ain't, it's not that way. Amen. I just admit I was on the bottom of the heap and Jesus reached way down by simple childlike faith and saved me. I was uh, Psalm 40. I'd want to Psalm 40. He took me out of the miry pit, set my feet feet upon a solid rock. Now you're going to come to the end of life sometime and you're going to face God what will he do with you will he say enter in thou, the joy of thou born again faithful servant you know saved person under the blood of Jesus or will you be relegated with the people who are disloyal rebels ungodly Unfaithful. Boy. boy. Oh, I hope that's not you. Father, thank you for the few minutes together. May the Holy Spirit walk up and down these aisles and find someone who wants you as your their personal Savior, wants truth, wants the Holy Spirit, wants righteousness and will call out to the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. We're hunting for them. That's what we do here at the gospel, we hunt. We're hunting for souls. We go up and down the streets, through gospel tracks, bus ministry, billboard, Awana club, nursing home, Sunday school, school, regular day school, You know, some 20 different ways we're out hunting for people, and we're hunting to find those whose heart will be loyal to Christ. Father, help us. Thank you for your kindness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida.